This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to The Hindu's InFocus podcast with me, Amit Barua, your host for this episode. Asim Munir is Pakistan's new army chief. He was appointed on the 24th of November, putting at rest endless speculation of who would be chief and whether Kamar Javed Bajwa might get yet another extension. There were also doubts that Pakistan's President Arif Alvi, an Imran Khan appointee, may not sign off on General Muni's appointment. But nothing of that sort happened. The President signed off on the appointment, but after flying to Lahore to meet Imran Khan. So what kind of chief will General Munir make? Will he interfere in Pakistan's politics? Will he try and fix the popular Imran Khan? whose massive public meetings continue to signal his imminent return to power. To discuss all these issues, I am joined by Aisha Siddiqa, author of a book on Pakistan's army and a senior fellow at King's College London. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast, Aisha. Hi, uh, thank you so much for inviting me. And by the way, I have two books on Pakistan's army. My apologies. So here goes my first question, Aisha. What kind yeah. of chief will General Munir make? See, General Munir, I would imagine, is somebody who was brought in by General Badwa, who is, you know, probably a nationalist, uh, nationally and socially on the conservative side. And let's not also forget that he's a generation which got inducted during Ziaul Haq's days. And at a time when, when he was kind of growing in his career, uh, there were lesser, there were fewer kind of uh, training courses to the United States and, and the UK. So probably raised, organizationally raised in Pakistan. So definitely more conservative. So anything which is, uh, I, I don't think he's going to shake up things uh, organizationally. He's going to follow General Badwa's policies, uh, will be a centrist. You know, I've, I've heard people argue, in fact, from the Indian side that he's probably a mullah general. He is conservative and a lot of them, a bunch of them are conservative. I think the only um, kind of out of the ordinary flavor that we got in all these years, past years, was with General Parvez Musharraf. Now that is not going to come about. So most of the generals, I mean, for example, General uh, uh, Azhar Abbas, whom who the army was very happy about and who they, were, they wanted to see as the general, as the next army chief. Now, even he is socially conservative. You know, he was, I would have rated him, uh, I mean, sorry, I'm deviating a bit, but I would have rated him somewhere between Parvez Musharraf um, and uh, and and a Ziaulha. so somewhere in the middle. So Aisha, what's your sense? I mean, you know, uh, Pakistani army chiefs have the ability of surprising people. You know, uh, you know, people who are appointed uh, Bhutto appointed Ziaulha, uh, Nawaz Sharif appointed Parvez Musharraf, thinking he was a muhajir and he wouldn't have the kind of clout in the army. And basically, most 
army chiefs have surprised prime ministers. I mean, look at Bajwa's own uh, relationship with Imran Khan. Uh, many people felt that he was brought to power by uh, Bajwa and the army. And look uh, how things have turned out between them. So does General Munir also have the ability to surprise? See, firstly, you know, I was really surprised at the way in which, uh, you know, Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz was going after selecting, pinpointing a favorite. That, you know, they wanted Asim Munir and nobody else. Because apparently the news, uh, the grapevine, according to the grapevine, uh, Asim Munir developed a direct link with, you know, close member of, of, of the Sharif family. Uh, some even suggest that the daughter, Maryam Nawaz, now that could be. So he assured them that he was the one, you know, who would who'd really push back or allow them to push back Imran Khan. I personally feel that he's not going to go after, go after Imran Khan. He will let, I would assume he will allow this political government to do the heavy lifting of bringing, you know, bringing out evidence of Imran Khan's corruption or alleged corruption, you know, go after him and the military. And from a security perspective, he will be very harsh on PTI supporters abusing the army, saying things to them, really criticizing them. So we'll have more disappearances, etc., etc. I mean, as let's not forget, he was also Director General Military Operations. So he knows how to do gagging of, of people in, in, in different parts. So um, he's, he was also DGISI. So... You know, this is a this is a conservative chap, organizationally conservative. You know, what I'm expecting, I'm not ex- expecting anything different from him. He right. will stand by his organization. That's important. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't kind of even fault him for doing that. I'm looking at the political government, if they can surprise us. Right. Aisha, I was going to come to the, you know, conservative part of General Munir's personality, the possible conservatism a little later in relation to India. But you did mention, you know, some comments about Mullah General and so on and so forth, which were made in uh, by in the Indian press. So what is your sense? Uh, will General Munir allow the ceasefire to continue? Uh, will he follow an approach uh, similar to that of uh, his predecessor? Or could there be any surprises in India-Pakistan relations? I think Pakistan cannot afford, you know, major opening up of the jihadi factories. Jihadis are there. They have not disappeared. And in fact, it's very interesting that, you know, Jaish Mohammed was kind of busy consolidating itself soon after, uh, you know, Fatih Pakistan's name was removed from the village. So these guys are there. But Will he now let them lose at, uh, on India? I don't think so. I think he will stick by. Uh, I mean, it will be very surprising if he kind of shakes up uh, the line of control. Reason being that, you know, it's a very pragmatic decision by Bajwa. Pakistan needs money. Pakistan needs resources. It doesn't need to get clamped down uh, upon. And, and so, I think, and... You know, it, it, it's cost. It's, it's costly to have the fire burning at the LOC. So it's beneficial for India. It's beneficial for Pakistan. Will he actually pursue 
uh, General Bajwa's desire to have track two. I mean, it's so interesting that even until the last month or two months of before his retirement, uh, General Bajwa was trying to seek people in India with whom he can could have a conversation, have a track to, I mean, seek out Indians who would sit down with Pakistan and Pakistanis and have a conversation. So there is that on the one hand, but also, you know, Bajwa was doing other things as well, which is internally, domestically. Uh, for example, he had ordered, from what I've heard, he had ordered ISPR to release a serial, a, a play, which, you know, picks at problems that uh, India is suffering from, you know, from Gauri Lankesh's murder to uh, rape of women, uh, you know, to state of uh, prosecution of, persecution of, sorry, Muslims in India. So, you know, all of that. So I think he will be somewhere there. He's not going to deviate. And, 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 and I think the other thing is that as long as there is money in the kitty, as long as, you know, now I expect, for example, that with some political stability, some money will now op open up, multilateral aid donors are going to release some funding. So, you know, money will, will come in. The interesting, I think, thing which one would watch for is what will be his policy. I mean, India, I'm not, India, there'll be nothing new. There'll be nothing surprising. Let's see what it does with, for example, United States, uh, United States versus China. So, Aisha, one other thing which I wanted to touch on was General Bajwa's comments on, uh, you know, Pakistani army interfering in the country's politics. Very candid comments by the general on the eve of his retirement. What do you make of these comments? The general had to admit that Pakistan military or army was involved in politics because it's an open secret. Everybody knows it. The problem was that he was making that speech in front of his military family. Uh, you know, it was Martyr's Day. And Martyr Day events or Martyr Day celebrations are, you know, if you read Maria Rashid's book, uh, Dying to Serve, you see, you know, very clearly she points out that how these events are choreographed to the last detail. And so General Bajwa was addressing that event because, and it was important for him to make that confession because the army was so divided from within. I mean, there was this, his, his own army family is divided on how much, of, you know, in, in, in terms of supporting Imran Khan versus supporting other politicians. And so what he was telling them was that, look, I confess we were involved in politics, but we are not going to do that because we have been abused so, we have been accused by people, we have been, finger has been pointed at us, and it's not nice, not very nice things have been have been said in, uh, about us, about the officers. So, therefore, we'll part ways from politics. But I think even those sitting in the crowd know that the army will not, you know, depart from politics. Number of reasons. One is a powerful institution and its, it's power depends a lot on manipulation of politics. 
number one. And number two, you know, the political parties themselves. The political parties do not have the kind of institutional structure or the mechanism to push back the armed forces, push them out of politics. They, they continue not to do it. So it's not going to happen. And I think Hermie was important is, you know, right before he said that we had been involved in politics and we're not going to do it, he actually laid out the higher political goal that the army would continue to play. You know, for example, he said that we have uh, we've looked into, we have uh, played a role in sorting out matters like we could the copper mine contract. Uh, you know, we have sorted out problems like uh, buying LNG uh, from Qatar. We have sorted out the problem of uh, borrowing money from Muslim friendly Muslim countries. So, and he said that armies will continue to play that role. So, politics, definitely, that is politics too. I mean, diplomacy is, and, and uh, sorting these matters out like government contracts, getting involved in economy, you know, larger economic decisions, it's very political. So, and he said that, you know, the army is going to play that role, continue to play that role. All he probably committed was, I'll, I'll repeat what I said earlier, all he probably committed was that, you know, he will not get dragged in that closely to the minor details in a battle between different political parties. So, Aisha, I also want to ask you, you know, from what one sees uh, that, you know, after um, Imran Khan's great honeymoon with the army and General Bajwa, he has been really, really critical critical of the army as an institution. And that seems to have perhaps helped him, uh, you know, in his uh, political fortunes. And now Imran has announced that uh, his party, the uh, Pakistan Tehreek-e Insaf, is likely to quit uh, the uh, the state or provincial assemblies in Pakistan. What do you make of these comments of Imran Khan? Well, you know, he's playing politics. He knows that what he wants to do is further shake up, keep shaking up the system. Because if he resigns, then they'll have to hold elections uh, again. And again, there's going to be a lot of money spent. Basically, what he's trying to do is push the political government towards holding elections earlier than later. So, you know, when the bulk of PTI members resign from the parties, it means that, you know, will they resign from Punjab as well? Punjab uh, and, and KP. Now, if they resign there, then it means that elections have to be held. So he is again using another method to drag the government into, uh, you know, holding elections. So what's your sense? I mean, you know, Imran Khan has shown quite an appetite for politics. And I, I remember when I was posted as a Hindu's correspondent in Pakistan all those years ago, that time people felt that Imran Khan was not a serious politician. It also appears that he's quite a divisive figure in Pakistan. Uh, you know, those who support him really love him. And those who dislike him are very critical. I mean, is it possible that Imran Khan uh, uh, can cease to be this polarizing figure and take along many more Pakistanis with him? I mean, there, there are two dimensions uh, of this, you know, of, of this issue. 
One is Imran Khan himself is a divisive figure. You know, he remains a non-serious kind of a jack. But it's also about the need, the urge of many Pakistanis. You know, a lot of people went around him. They kind of saw around him. Not because he's a great politician. It's because they're very tired of the politics of the existing the traditional political party. I mean, I remember, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I've been arguing. I, I had a phone call with a former student of mine. You know, who was in, you know, she's in her early 40s. And for an hour, you know, I was like trying to cajole her, get her to see that, you know, Imran Khan is not worth the choice. And she kept repeating things like, X occasion, you know, she said my uncle wasn't uh, in, in government job and uh, was promoted and for his posting to a particular uh, you know, positions. Uh, you know, the Sharifs, the Sharif government, whoever was there, they were asking for money. One ex occasion, there was something else. So the, the, the problem is that the Sharifs have in uh, Punjab and the Zabdaris in, uh, in Sindh have held that position, been in power for a very long time. And so in people's minds, there is that building block, you know, there is that block about, you know, their mismanagement or their peculiar kind of management, you know, even if you'd call it corruption. So people have stories to tell. About him, this chap, they still don't have that uh, memory block, not, not as yet. And so the people who are, you know, who, who want to see a new kind of Pakistan. So between that and Imran Khan's own charm, etc., etc., I think that's where the reality falls. That it's not just about him. And I mean, honestly, when he joined me, look at his, his early days in the, the, the four years that he, uh, he spent in, uh, in government. He was not challenging the army at all. I mean, he horizontally expanded military's presence in governors everywhere. I mean, he brought General General Badwa, you know, member of the, the highest, you know, committee, um, you know, um, economic committee for economic decision making. The many others. There was there was a new intelligence organization which overlooks. Uh, all uh, organizations, all all intelligence organizations, but he put ISI in charge of that. There's so many other things in which he actually pushed the, you know, and then he was he was very happy with his hybrid role. At no point did he challenge until you know differences appeared between him and and the army uh, and the army chief, and that's when he started to kind of challenge and it seemed that you know he was challenging on foreign policy issues and he was uh but definitely on on selection of leaders and, and that selection of the ISIG was mainly about uh nothing else but his desire to get his power extended. So it was not that he was wanting to push back the army. 
he was saying you help me retain power so now he has however seized on you know a kind of um, he has seized the initiative in the sense that he's critical of the establishment he's also saying that he was ousted from power because of some conspiracy so he seems to have that political momentum going for him won't you say that let's see how far does it go i mean i think that once a bit of as i said you know earlier that once some bits of money comes in once uh, you know this and and the 33 million people are of 220 million population is affected it's badly affected by floods so they need help they need you know the lights to get restored and 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 i think this is where the political parties existing political parties will have a role to play i think that there will be some pushback right now i mean until and and yes he has this popularity yes he has i mean it would be a lie to say that he's not popular he's definitely popular but how much of the popularity will he manage to retain how much and and let's not forget that with you know general uh, asim muni there there will be a bit of pushback to uh, you know to his supporters so let's see how far uh, he can retain that drive amongst his followers to actually come out on election day and vote right aisha thank you so much for talking to the hindus in focus podcast in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.